Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Last week we, we read about the birth of Moses and how his mother, because of Pharaoh's edict, remember his mother had to give him up. After three months, she had hid him for three months, but when it was no longer possible for her uh, to hide him, she gave him up. And remember, we talked about the fact that by faith, she placed Moses, she placed her baby son in God's hands by placing him in an ark, a little tiny ark, and by setting that ark in the afloat in the Nile River, where he was promptly discovered and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Now, we don't know much of anything, hardly anything at all, actually, about the time that Moses spent in Pharaoh's household because the story skips ahead to the time when Moses had grown up. So he's a baby. He's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. She actually, remember, gives him back to his mother so that she can nurse him and wean him. And then the story skips ahead to the time when Moses is grown up. However, here's what we can do. We can appreciate that those years uh, that Moses spent in Pharaoh's household, those years would have been instrumental in Moses' life. They were, very, and they were a very important part of Moses' upbringing because in Pharaoh's household, he would have received the very best education. He would have received the very best training possible. And the experience that he received in Pharaoh's household would be instrumental, to be necessary for him as he would go on to lead the nation of Israel and as he would go on to write uh, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. How many knows God always God always has a plan. Can you say amen? God always has a plan. Discerning his plan, knowing God's will, understanding God's purposes are things that we learn as we mature and as we grow up, which is, which is something that we see illustrated in, in the life of Moses. So if you have your Bibles open to Exodus chapter 2, I want you to read along as I begin reading in verse number 11. Donnie Lawrence is back with us too today. God bless you, Donnie. It just, just clicked in my head. God had you home with us, Donnie. Exodus chapter 2, verse number 11. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and he looked on their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. And he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? And he answered, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came, near, they came and drew water 
and filled the troughs to, the wa- uh, to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. And when they had come home to their father Ruel, he said, How is it that you have come, so soon, come home so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah, and she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Now, I want you to look more closely, if you would, this morning at verse number 11, because uh, verse number 11 begins to relate an event that, that happened one day in the life of Moses, one day in the land of Egypt. However, there is is more going on in that verse than the event that it describes. How many remember what Dr. Cookman used to say? What's happening is not what's going on, right? There's more going on in that verse than, than what is just happening in that verse. What's happening in verse number 11 is that Moses goes out among his people, the Hebrews, and he sees their burdens. They were slaves, and remember Pharaoh had put heavy burdens on them. So he sees their burdens, and he witnesses an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. That's what's happening in that verse. But what's going on in in verse number 11? What's going on in verse number 11, is that Moses is identifying with his people, the Hebrews. He's identifying himself with his people. He has grown up in Pharaoh's household. In fact, Acts chapter 7 verse 23 tells us that he is actually about 40 years old at this point. 40 years old and he still hadn't left his parents' home, right? (laughs) Uh, he, had, he had grown up in Pharaoh's house, um, and so he's about 40 years old. We presume that he had, he had always known that he was a Hebrew. Um, Pharaoh's daughter didn't try to hide that. She said she knew that he was a Hebrew. So we presume that he all, had always known that he is a Hebrew, although he had been raised as an Egyptian. But something inside of Moses changes that day when he sees the Egyptian beating a a Hebrew slave. Maybe, Maybe it was just a new awareness of who he was, that that he was a Hebrew just like this slave that was that was being beaten by this Egyptian. Maybe Maybe it was actually an awakening that took place in his mind that day. Maybe that's when he began to see and understand the reason that he had been born, the reason that he had been preserved. Maybe he caught a glimpse of the fact that God was going to use him to deliver his people, the Hebrews. So maybe it was an awakening or maybe it was just anger. Anger at the injustice that was endured and the mistreatment that was received by his people. But whatever it was, whatever 
um, Moses thought or felt when he saw that Egyptian beating that Hebrew slave, whatever it was, Moses made a choice that day. Something changed in Moses that day. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 makes it more explicit. Hebrews chapter, and we read this a little bit uh, last week, but Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 says this, by faith, when Moses, when, uh, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. You see what happened that day? Something changed in Moses. Something shifted to, to the effect that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In fact, what happened that day was Moses rejected his Egyptian family. He rejected his Egyptian family and he embraced his Hebrew brethren. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 26 explains what was involved when Moses made that decision. When he made the decision to leave a life of privilege as an Egyptian and to enter into a life of poverty and misfortune as a Hebrew. Hebrews eleven twenty six says this. He, that's Moses, considered the reproach of Christ better wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking for or looking to the reward. As that verse suggests, there's, there's actually many similarities between Moses and, and Jesus Christ. This is, this is one of those similarities. Moses' decision to leave Pharaoh's house to join his brothers prefigures Jesus' own, own willingness to leave the glory of heaven and to come and to dwell with the sons of men. See, there's a parallel there. There's, a, there's another uh, parallel here as well. About Jesus, John chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Jesus, he, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And Moses bears that same reproach here as well. In fact, after he makes this fateful decision, decision to kill the Egyptian that was beating one of his people, Moses returns the next day to find two Hebrews fighting with one another. And so Moses presumes to judge between the two men. And he says to the one man, why are you, why are you beating your, your brother? That's it's wrong. You, should, you ought not to, to do that. And, and very quickly... They both do what? Reject his authority. Well, who made you our boss? <laughs> who made you judge and prince uh, over us? So they very quickly reject his authority. And, and it's here, though, that that particular similarity ends because it's quite clear that Moses has acted in bad faith. In fact, he has been rash and and he has taken matters into his own hands, and he has sinned, and he's killed a man. Uh, Moses may have had an awakening in which he 
realized that God was going to use him, perhaps, to deliver his people, Israel. Uh, so maybe he had received an awakening. Maybe he had become aware that God was going to use him to deliver his people, Israel. But he failed to discover God's plan, and instead Moses relied on his own plan instead. Rather than discerning what God's plan is, Moses improvised and Moses made up his, his own plan. Look at verse number 12. When Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, he looked, the Bible says he looked this way and he looked that way and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and he hid him in the sand. You see, what Moses was doing was Moses looked around to make sure that no one else was watching and then Moses did what was in his own heart to do. He murdered the Egyptian. And how many knows that in that regard he was he's very much unlike Jesus Christ. Very much unlike Jesus. Jesus said, I say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Do you see the difference there? Moses, Moses, rather than looking this way and that way to see if anybody else was watching, Moses should have looked up and seen what was in God's heart to do in that situation. But Moses still had some growing to do. He was 40 years old. He was grown up, but he still had some growing to do. He had, he had um, learned what Pharaoh could teach him. He had learned what he could learn in Egypt, but now Pharaoh, I mean, now Moses had to learn what only God could teach him. So, so he has to flee. In fear, he flees from Egypt, and the Bible says that he wound up in the land of, of Midian. Now, the Midianites were also descendants of Abraham. Uh, they were descendants of Abraham through, well, Midian. Midian, who was a son of one of Abraham's concubines. And so, as it turns out, and as we will see, they actually had some knowledge of God also. And moreover, it's, it's in Midian. It's among the Midianites. It's with uh, Reuel, or his, later he's called Jethro as well, is there that God would reveal himself to Moses. Moses would spend 40 years in Midian, a sojourner in a, in a foreign land. And thus begins, <laughs> thus begins the second half of Moses' education and his preparation to be the one that God would use to deliver uh, the nation of Israel. That's right. I know that we're jumping ahead just, um, just a little bit, but Moses would be 80 years old before God would tell him to return to Egypt and to lead his people out of slavery. 80 years old <laughs> before God would use him uh, to be the one that would deliver his people. And in fact, Moses' life can be divided into three periods. 
of 40 years each. 40 years that he spends in Egypt. 40 years that he spends in Midian. And then 40 years that he spends in the wilderness leading the nation of Israel. But it was these 40 years that Moses would spend in Midian that made Moses into the man of faith and that made Moses into the prophet of God that would lead Israel out of bondage. In fact, the name Midian means strife or, or judgment. And that's, and that's what this was for Moses. It was, a, it was a period, a time of judgment that followed a terrific failure in Moses' life. It was a period that, during which Moses had plenty of time to strive with God and uh, to ask him all of the questions that I'm sure that, that he had to ask him after his terrific failure in Egypt. And here's the thing, God used that time, those 40 years in Midian, God used that time to prepare Moses for the task that was in front of him. Maybe Moses had already seen it. Maybe Moses already knew God's uh, purpose for him. Maybe that's what he saw when he saw the Egyptian beating the Hebrew slave. But how many knows he got ahead of God and he took matters into his own hands as we sometimes do as well. And he did what he thought was right rather than waiting on God and understanding God's plan. As a result, he failed and he, and he had to flee. But thank God that God is merciful and kind and that God is able to use even our failures for his own purposes. Amen? That even when we fail and even when we are unfaithful, God's word says he remains faithful. Amen? And so even though Moses had failed, God was not going to fail Moses. Midian would be the place where Moses would learn humility. Midian would be the place where Moses would learn patience. Midian would be the place where Moses would see God. Midian would be the place where he learned to listen to God. Midian would be the place where he learned to see God's plan and not just his own plan. God would use Midian in the life of Moses to make him into the man of God that he would become. And aren't you thankful that God is able to use our failures in that way also? The failures can be a great laboratory in our life. That God can use those failures to make us into the people that he desires us to be. Forty years later, 40 years later, when is God's not nearly as anxious as we sometimes think that he is, right? God's patient. Forty years later, Moses had grown up even more. Um, he was not only older, he was more mature. And now... Moses would be 
would be ready for God to show him his plan to deliver Israel. Midian, here's the thing, here's the point, Midian changed Moses and prepared him to be who God needed him to be. If you look back on, uh, well, in, this is actually in Hebrews chapter 11 again. Let me read those verses once more. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. And then verse 27 says this. It's an interesting verse to me anyway. Verse 27 says this, by faith, talking about Moses still, by faith he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So what's verse 27 talking about? Because when Moses originally left Egypt, he did leave in fear, didn't he? The Bible says he thought, surely this has been found out, and Moses put a price on his head, and so the Bible says that he had to flee from Egypt because, or had to flee from Pharaoh because of Pharaoh's wrath. And so Moses did go out in fear the first time. But verse 27 is talking about when Moses returned. This time um, changed by Midian, made into the man that God desired, God needed him to be. The second time that Egypt, uh, that that Moses left Egypt, he led the nation of Egypt out, and he led them out by faith, not being afraid of the anger of the king, because he endured as seeing the one who was in front of him, and that is, that is God. Moses had been changed by Midian. God had used his, um, his failure to make him into the man that God desired for him to be. And sometimes we get ahead of God too, don't we? We think, uh, we think that we see a solution. We think that we know the answer to a particular problem in our life. And maybe it seems like God is silent. And so we look this way. We look that way and we decide, well, here's what I'm going to do. I mean, he knows a lot of times we get in trouble when we say those words. Here's what I'm going to do. We get in trouble when we get ahead of God. And we often fail and we make mistakes. But thankfully, God is able to use even our failures to make us into the man, the woman of God that he desires for us to be. He changes us. He transforms us so that he can use us for his, for his glory. Now, I want to conclude by drawing your attention to those last few verses of Exodus chapter 2. Verse 23, it says that during these many years or many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and they cried out for help. 
And their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God knew. All of those many years later, God saw the condition of his people, Israel, and God, God knew. You see, when When Moses saw the Egyptian beating the Hebrew, he saw the problem. He felt the the need. And uh, And Moses didn't know what to do, and so he took matters into his own hands. And he killed the Egyptian. And he sinned, and he failed. But here's the thing. God saw also. God knew what was going on with his people. Amen. And it's a reminder to us this morning that whatever we see, whatever problem that you're looking at in your life right now, whatever situation that you're looking at this morning, you may be wondering, well, God, don't you see? Don't you care what's going on? Don't you see this situation that I'm in? Aren't you going to answer my prayers? Whatever we see, we have to assume, listen, God sees it also. And God knows all about it. In fact, In fact, God has a perfect plan. God knows what he's doing in your life. Now, you may be looking at a situation and saying, I'm not sure God even notices and sees what's going on. I'm telling you this morning, if you see it, God sees it. Amen? If you're aware of it, then God's aware of it. If if you're concerned about it, then God knows about it also. And what's more, God has a perfect plan. God has a purpose in whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you're dealing, dealing with. Don't get out ahead of God. Whatever you see, know God sees it too. He has a plan, and you can trust him and learn to wait upon him. Amen? Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.